0: One of the problems that we have people writing in about probably as frequently as any other is the problem of dealing with someone who has become a drunkard the problem of dealing with alcohol when it has become the master over some human being who has become its slave how do you help a drunk What can you do? What kind of hope can you offer? What can be done? Well, in the short time I have today, of course, I can't even begin to give you all the things that you need to know, but let me give you a couple of suggestions that might be helpful. The first thing I'd like to say to you is that there is hope. You can offer hope to a drunkard. Well, you say, how can I do that? AA says that once a drunkard, always a drunkard, and a person has to get up and say that to himself every morning. Is that what you believe? No, I don't believe that. The Bible speaks quite differently about the question. The Bible says that it can be put behind you once and for all, and you don't have to talk that way about yourself anymore once you really deal with the issue biblically. You see, there's more hope in the Bible And there is an AA. Let me uh, read a passage from 1 Corinthians 6 that may be of help to you as we begin. We'll start with verse 9 and run through verse 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Now, the first thing I'd like you to notice in this passage is that along with adulterers and homosexuals and uh, all kinds of other terrible things that are listed here, is the drunkard. And the interesting thing about it is is that when speaking of drunkards and these other people, Jesus says through the Apostle Paul, writing to the Corinthians, such were some of you. That's a past tense. They no longer were drunkards. They no longer were homosexuals. They no longer were adulterers. They no longer were thieves or covetous or swindlers or revilers and so on. It is possible through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the strength and help that he gives to those who have been saved to put behind them once and for all that way of life. It is possible through Jesus Christ for a drunkard to say, I no longer am a drunkard. They can be washed, and sanctified, says the Apostle Paul. Now that's hopeful. There's a lot of hope in that. And do you know why this can be said to be so? Because, as this passage indicates, the Bible makes it clear that drunkenness is a sin. Drunkenness is not, as we are popularly told in little slogans on the radio, now and then some kind of sickness or genetic thing it's true that genetically one person may be more susceptible to alcohol than another but that doesn't mean that anybody has to become a drunkard you see drunkenness is finally and ultimately a sin Now, some people think that it's very cruel to say that drunkenness is a sin, that we ought to talk about drunkenness as a sickness, that it's much nicer for the drunkard to talk about it as a sickness than to talk about it as a sin. Not so! You take away all of his hope when you call it a sickness because everybody knows there's no pill, there's no operation, there's no kind of an injection that can be given to cure a person of this disease or this sickness if that's what it is. There's no hope in calling it a sickness. Besides, when you call it a sickness, you point to a doctor as the solution, and that's pointing in the wrong direction. Because, as this passage indicates, drunkards are unrighteous people. It it says in verse 9, Don't you know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? And then it lists all these people who are unrighteous, one of whom is a drunkard. But you see, if it's unrighteousness, if it is a way of life that displeases God, if it's sin at the bottom and the heart of drunkenness, then there's all the hope that there is in Jesus Christ for solving that problem. There's no hope in talking about drunkenness as a sickness because we know that there is no cure for that supposed sickness. But there is lots and lots and lots of hope in calling drunkenness a sin because we know that Jesus Christ came to die on that cross for sin. And we know that he effectively dealt with sin. And we know here in this passage that some of those people who were drunkards no longer were drunkards because they were washed and sanctified and justified by Jesus Christ. That's what made the difference. You talk about drunkenness as a sin and you give hope because you point to Jesus Christ rather than to a physician. So I want to urge you as the first thing, and next in our next broadcast I'll give you some more information that I hope will be helpful on this subject, the first thing and most important thing you can do in talking to a drunkard, and by the way, don't ever try to talk to him or help him while he is drunk because he'll make promises or he'll whine or he'll tell you how bad things are, tell you how he wants to change and how awful it all is and how guilty he is and everything else and then when he sobers up he won't have anything to do with you but you talk to him when he's sober and you get him you break through all the walls at that point and you say to him look there is an answer to your problem jesus christ is that answer but don't just talk to him about jesus christ being the answer in some vague general way talk about him as the answer first because he's the one who died for sins and drunkenness is a sin against god it is abuse of the body it's allowing a chemical to to anesthetize one's brain so that he doesn't use all the parts of his body that are essential to proper functioning and so he acts stupidly and can't walk straight and and says things that he regrets later on this is a sin against the body that god has created And for a Christian to do this, this is a sin against the temple of the Holy Spirit, which his body is. So you talk about drunkenness as a sin against God and then point to Jesus Christ as a Savior from sin, not just from its penalty, but also from its power. And tune in the next time on our next broadcast and I'll tell you something about how Jesus Christ, once a person recognizes that drunkenness is a sin and once he wants to do something about that sin, how that person then can be freed from his drunkenness not just for a day or a week or a month but for good there's hope in jesus christ because he deals with the sin of drunkenness lord help us to recognize that help us to communicate that to those who need to hear it and help those many people who are caught and enslaved in this sin to recognize that Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone is the answer to that sin. And may they turn to him, not just in some abstract, vague way, but concretely for forgiveness and for the power to overcome it. We pray in his name. Amen.